Hello, everyone, and welcome to Irenacast. We are the podcast that on the first and third Tuesday of every month brings to you perspectives on theology and culture from a post-evangelical lens. This week, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Chichi Oku and Jenny Booth Potter, uh, two of the co-hosts of The Next Question. The Next Question is a web series dedicated to conversations around racial justice. During the course of the conversation that you're about to hear, we talk about the production and the content of this amazing web Web series. And if you want to check it out yourself, which I highly encourage you to do, and I will highly encourage you to do uh, throughout the conversation, you can go to the show notes at arenacast.com slash 160. And there you can find ways that you can connect with uh, Chichi and Jenny and all the things that we talk about, including the guests that they've had on their show. Uh, and in the past, we were able to have Austin Channing Brown on the show to talk about her book, which was a major inspiration for this web series, The Next Question. And you can find the information on that particular episode and her book, also in the show notes at irenacast.com slash 160. In the show notes, you also find various ways to support the show if you'd like to hear more content like this, where we're reaching out to um, wonderful voices in our space. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Chichi Oku and Jenny Booth Potter. Yeah, it was really good. And I'm really excited to sit down and talk to both of you. So thank you so much for coming on the show and agreeing to this interview. Um, during the course of watching the next question, I really appreciated all the conversations you had and the guests that you had and everything like that. But one thing that I felt was a little lacking is I didn't get to know the two of you very much. So maybe just as kind of we get this conversation going, if you want to tell me a little bit about yourselves, what are you doing? What's the what's the day job, so to speak? Yours is more exciting. <laughs> Go first. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, well, no, I'm, yeah, I'm currently, I'm pretty new into a new role, but I'm an executive director for a nonprofit that focuses on uh, maternal and child health policy issues. So we're uh, working to better the health of women and children in the state of Illinois. So. That's what I do every day. <laughs> and is that like a, a holistic, like you're you're dealing with everything from education to family work? or is We it... mainly focus on health, health issues. So we look at like health disparities. But, you know, when you start diving into health disparities, sometimes it brings you into different spaces. But our um, our main focus is working on health, um, looking at health policies. So, And you're in the Chicago area. Is that correct? Yes, I'm in Chicago. Yeah. But... Our organization is statewide, but um, we're based here in Chicago. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And Jenny, how about you? Yeah. Um, so I am a creative producer, so I do film producing, and then I also actually do podcast producing. I work at a church in the suburbs of Chicago. You might have heard of it. It's called Willow Creek. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know who's going to be listening to this, so that's about all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but they are my employer. <laughs> okay. Nice. Wow. I was I wasn't expecting that. That's that's great. Yeah. 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 We met through there being um, two of the women of color, black women in the organization. And so we met there and kind of connected and through that experience, that's what brought us together. And then, but Jenny and Austin have worked together for a while. And so that's kind of our connection. We all, Austin is like the joining factor here, but yeah, we all, and I guess Willow too. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. and, and how long have you all been connected? Well, I met Austin in college. So um, I've known her for like 17 years. So when she, I was on staff at Willow for about a year or two before she joined staff. But yeah, I mean, it's like, 
we're getting old. So it's been like 16, <laughs> 17 years. I met her when I was 20. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Probably like five or six years of them. Austin, I think yeah. something like that. So then when the, the idea for the next question came up, you know, I, just the aesthetic of it, I'm assuming it's, it's really kind of a, a continuation of Austin's book. Where, where in the, the process did being such good friends, it seems like it might have been just a natural fit in terms of if we're going to do some sort of conversational interview type show. Uh, you want to be with the people that you're comfortable with and that know the arena and know the, the work that Austin had already been involved in. So what was kind of the, the spark that started the show itself mm-hmm. to, to kind of start coming into being? Yeah, I wish Austin was here because um, it was definitely like her dream. I want to say it was in like January that we started talking and then really quickly after we had a couple of conversations. She was like, I talked to Chi Chi and she's in. So from the get-go, it was really the three of us kind of on board figuring out how to first fundraise. Like, how are we going to raise the money? Because I'm sure you might know that a podcast to produce is a lot less expensive than video production. Yes. Um, so that was really the thing that kind of started our kind of team was how are we going to raise the funds for this? And then really, what do we want this to look like. I think we knew what we didn't want it to be, but there were a lot of conversations about how do we have this feel different than other spaces that have been on the topic of race and racial justice. So that was really like the three of us just really over Marco Polo. I feel like a lot of our dreaming was just talking into into Marco Polo at each other and making decisions and yeah, we usually, there was a lot of synergy, but then sometimes one of us would say, mm, I'm going to, what was our, what did we say, Chi Chi? We would, we usually co-signed yeah, everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you had a dissenting thing, like you could speak up. So it, yeah, it really felt from the beginning, like a very organic evolution of how we wanted the show to be and the types of people we wanted to have on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think you hit it all. I think that, you know, for Austin, it was, I think it was the question of, am I going to do another book or am I going to do, you know, something else? So Austin and I were, we worked together a little bit during my time at, uh, at Willow and all of our conversations were really, and the stuff that we created was really around race and talking about reconciliation within the church specifically. And so those were conversations that we were used to having, but I think it was also, we had just gotten to a point where we were all just tired of having the same conversations over and over again, you know, and really thinking about, okay, how do we come together and really try to answer the, talk about the things that we want to talk about in certain spaces, because sometimes when you're doing this work, especially when you're working, um, and just to be frank with a lot of white people all the time, like you're answering the same questions over and over again. And it's like, you know, why is blackface bad? Why can't I say the N word? And, you know, you're always starting at like, the 101 level, um, which is fine. And I think, you know, there's spaces for that. But I think we were also looking for an opportunity to really just dive deeper into this. And and I think it's probably more out of a sense of desperation. I think looking at the, the state of our world and our country and just saying, we've got to do something different. We can't just keep talking about, you know, these like really surface level things, we have to start figuring out how to imagine something different. And I think for me personally, it was an opportunity 
to stop complaining about the things that I that I was really annoyed by and start to think about what would I create or what could we create together that would invite some people into something new. So yeah, so I think it came from a lot of different thoughts and ideas and frustrations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think another thing is that we really wanted the process behind the scenes to model the type of like workspace that very few of us have ever had where um it didn't feel like we were taking direction from someone else's vision, but that we really got to say, this is, this is what we think the world needs and not fitting someone else's kind of quota. So that was also really important from just the types of people that we invited on to how we wanted, how we wanted to treat our guests and communicate with them, how we all wanted to kind of connect and define our roles. I think there was, there was just a lot of, thoughtfulness behind the scenes as well, even if, because we wanted the process to be something that people could also model and look to, not just the final product. So that's something that I feel really proud of. And I think we have ideas, you know, we're dreaming about season two right now, and we're dreaming about how do we make, how do we take these um, ideals that we have that we're talking about in front of the camera and also put them behind the scenes as well, which gets me really excited too. And how many how many people were ultimately involved in the production of it? I'm 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 hoping that you weren't you know asking a question and then running behind the camera to make sure that you know everything <laughs> no. was uh, it you know situated. Like <laughs> yeah, no, no, we had no. I mean, we had um, we had a four camera shoot, so that we had three camera operators. We had an audio engineer, and then we had usually anywhere from like two to four product production assistants, kind of helping us out. We had a makeup artist. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that. We just woke up like this. Um, but <laughs> no. yeah, so it was it was about like eight to ten members of a crew for each each episode. So I don't know. So we did we did do a lot ourselves, but we had a lot. We had a huge team behind us as well. But we could, probably could have used even more help. <laughs> I felt that way. Like our first, oh my gosh, our first day we were filming with Nicole Hannah Jones, and we literally. I don't know if this is like too much behind the scenes, but we literally had like a production assistant writing out the questions, like as we were like, you know, doing our final mic checks. And then for the next episode, we had like, Chi Chi had them like printed out ahead of time. And we were like so much more on top of our game because it's just, yeah, it's a lot to be managing and thinking through. We were in someone's home. So we had to like kick them out and like completely, you know, we weren't like in a studio space that looked like a house. We were in someone's actual home. So there were just all these dominoes that needed to fall, but yeah, we learned each time that we did it. And, and Chi-Chi, how was that process for you? Like where, uh, I mean, creative director, Jenny, I'm assuming that you were more of like the, I guess, uh, equivalent of like the director, uh, in, in, or sort of, and then kind of, yeah. And then Chi-Chi, she mentioned, you know, you had to, you wanted to get those questions printed out. So is that kind of like the director and you, you know, jumping in being like, oh, we need to have this a little bit more organized. Like what were some of the things that you learned through the process as you were going through it? Yeah, I think um, all through the process, we're just kind of <laughs> like figuring this out, but just the art of like interviewing people and making sure you have, um, you want it to feel as as organic as possible, but you know there are also things you need to make sure that it actually can be organic. <laughs> so I think you know making sure that for each episode we had an intention for what we wanted people to get out of that. So 
you know, our questions were kind of built around that. But then also we wanted there to be flexibility in, you know, where the conversation went and making sure that people could really show up in their authentic way. But a lot of, I think, you know, we all ended up kind of taking different roles. And I think my role was just thinking through bigger picture conversation and content and making sure that we hit all the, the topics that we wanted to talk about and that we felt like we had enough. So you know, we could work and create, put something together through editing that would be enticing for people. But yeah, doing a lot of their the background research, listen to a ton of interviews for each <laughs> guest, <laughs> reading books and, you know, reading the stuff that they have. Because um, again, we didn't really want to ask questions that we had heard other people asking. So we wanted to be really intentional about thinking through things in a new way. But in order to do that, you kind of have to hear all the questions that people are asking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, a lot of hours of research going into that beforehand. I now listen to uh, people who, you know, who interview others in a really new way. I have not like I didn't have respect for them anyway, but it's a hard job. You know, you know that like doing podcasts, not, you know, just turning out a mic and rambling. So it's like, how do you really foster a conversation that is, you know, inviting, um, and thank God for editing. So, you know, right. <laughs> Post, post-production <laughs> is the best. <laughs> edit out all the comments we don't like. So, <laughs> Totally. It's such an, like, it's, I don't know. It is such an out of body experience because you're wanting to make that person feel comfortable and stay engaged, but you're also trying to track, like, are we hitting what we wanted to? Is it going like, is this interesting just for us in the room? Like, at the bare minimum, I want it to be interesting for the, you know, for the four of us that are in conversation, but obviously we don't want it to be so like inside or insular that the viewers won't feel like they're drawn in as well. It's a lot to take on, but we did it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, you did it amazingly. Like it, you, all the things that you're describing, you wouldn't have, have thought that there seemed to be a really uh, nice consistency throughout all the videos, just in terms mm-hmm. of like how comfortable you all uh, came off over the camera and the conversations and uh, how, how quickly they got into just like, you literally felt like you were in that living room with y'all. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was really great. I really enjoyed uh, every single episode so the other part of that was, you know, you'd mentioned kind of podcasting. And I remember when, when I started this podcast, the hardest thing for me at first was getting used to hearing myself over and over again mm-hmm. through the editing process. <laughs> Did you all yeah. have like camera experience before or was this just like kind of, you know, just jumping in and, and, and getting used to, to seeing yourself on camera or were you, you comfortable with that and that wasn't a problem at all? I mean, yeah, I, you know, when I was you know, working for a church, a large church, you see yourself on camera a lot, but it's different when you're like editing that and you're having to watch it over and over and over again. And I, I just don't love that part. So, but I feel like I just got really like numb. I was like, okay, you're looking for content, you know, and it's more of like an out of body experience rather than like focusing on yourself. I knew the moments that were good when I forgot the camera was there, you know, yeah. and that was, you know, that's like the moment where you're like, okay, I feel like we're actually you know, doing something and you, you can feel it too when you're like editing that part. It's like, Oh, that's like seamless. I think the editing part was probably the most like challenging because you just critique everything. But in the moment, I think part of what we try to do is like really have conversations that we wanted to have. And so I just, you know, I was always excited when I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm learning in this moment too. And I'm being challenged. And so, and I think that really made the whole, 
process a lot easier because it is a lot of work. I mean, it's, you know, (laughs) the whole thing from filming all the way to, you know, when you release it, all of it's a lot of work. But it was great because I think, you know, stuff that at least, yeah, I think we were all really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, similarly, like I grew up doing theater. I had, I had done like video production work before in front of the camera. That's actually what got me kind of to my job of doing stuff behind the scenes. I think what's different is like the subject matter is something that we all care so deeply about. And I think not that we like shot ourselves in the foot with calling it the next question, but it was like, oh, these conversations, like they have to kind of feel next level. Like if we're saying, if we're telling people, this isn't going to be your same old run of the mill conversations, like you've heard, like we really need to step it up. So I think that was and that was part of what I was just always aware of, of wanting to ha- keep people part of it and drawn in, but not like so advanced that they didn't get it. So yeah, it's really personal, a lot of the things that we're talking about. And so I think there was definitely, I think for all of us, an awareness of how much do we let like want the guests to talk? How much do we show up? How much do I show up as a white woman in the space? Like, I think there were lots of different things that we were just thinking through because I think we also really wanted to model the different, a different way that you could have this conversation. Like we wanted to model that you can have conversations about race and hard things and still have joy and laughter and connection throughout that. It doesn't have to be like a weep fest. I think we had some moments that were like tender and vulnerable, but showing people a different like side to the conversation than maybe they're used to. So like our very first day that we filmed, we had someone like lead us through meditation before we started just to try to like center ourselves and remind us that at the end of the day, this isn't just about me or Austin or Chichi or our guest. Like hopefully we're creating something that is for the greater good. So just try, I think that took, that both like took some of the pressure off and then also adds more pressure. So maybe it just kind of, you know, evens out, but I think the fact that the three of us were in it and are so connected to each other, there was a lot of eat like that put, that put us at ease. And I, and that was something that we, like, I vividly remember having a conversation about because originally it was only going to be two of us and then the guest just based on how many cameras we had and the space that we were in. And I remember Chi Chi kind of fighting for like, no, it should be all of us because we're in community and relationship. And I think it'll, it'll just elicit like more energy and more conversation than just having like two hosts and a guest. And I'm really glad that we made that call. Cause I think, I think our kind of rapport with each other comes across as well, or at least I hope it does. At least it put me at ease, if nothing else, like it put me more at ease that I knew the women that weren't our guests really well. Hmm. So then for the, for the formatting, uh, I noticed that, you know, for the, for the beginning of each episode, it's the three of you sitting down and you kind of introduce that with that. It, it looked as though that happened kind of later. Was that an afterthought or was that to give yourself some time to reflect and you were planning on doing that kind of intro the entire time? I mean, we were, yeah, it's a little bit of both. both. Yeah. I mean, again, this whole thing was a learning process. I think we had a, we had a different idea of what we thought our intro was. And I think there were just, there were just certain constraints we had with, you know, what we could actually do. And so we always knew we wanted to do intros just like, I don't know. I feel like we were kind of swirling around, like, what is that going to look like? 
I don't know that that was like our first or second or third choice. <laughs> I think it was like, okay, this is happening. We need to insure this and we need to figure this out. So well, let's just, you know, have a conversation. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Give us more credit, Chi Chi. I think we, we, knew, <laughs> we knew that we wanted the three of us talking about each of our guests yes. and sharing why we were so excited to have them on. Um, I do, and I do think we wanted that to be consistent. So having, we didn't film, we filmed that on our very last day of shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, So Brene Brown was our final guest that we filmed. And then after she left, we quickly were like, okay, what do we, you know, we had kind of all taken notes of kind of the points we wanted to hit. Um, I don't know if you watched the show Queer Eye, but we were like very loosely inspired. <laughs> so we had like our iPad. I don't even want to say that because I feel like it wasn't even that close. <laughs> it was not, but it was like our only reference. That was our only reference that came through was us with the iPad, looking at it, um, talking about like, here's our guest for today. We weren't like driving in a car, so <laughs> probably don't get that reference. But um, but yeah, we wanted to highlight why we were so excited about these guests we loved that we got to show people that maybe you like, maybe you, you probably know who Brene Brown is or Rachel Cargill or even Nicole Hannah Jones, some of the other people you might not know as well. So we were really excited about giving people kind of immediate buy-in because we had buy-in and then to give them a little bit of a preview of, yeah, like here's, here's what you're going to see in this conversation. Yeah. So it wasn't afterthought, but it was, it wasn't. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Wow. So then the, the guest list, uh, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. Uh, <laughs> did you know going in how many like episodes you wanted to, to do and who exactly you wanted to get on there? And then also is the order of the guests significant? Like, did you place them in a specific mm-hmm. order and maybe what some of the reasoning yeah. behind that? Yeah. So we, um, so we launched a Kickstarter to raise the money to, to make this. And so, <laughs> I mean, I work in video production, so I had like a general idea of like, okay, how many, if we get this much money, this is about how many episodes. So our goal for Kickstarter was 50,000. We raised 62 and our goal was, we said, okay, if we get 50,000, we'll give you six episodes. If we cross into the 60,000 mark, we'll get seven. I did feel a little bit like I had, like we were on a high for those 30 days of crowdsourcing and just seeing the generosity of people and the, the clear need for, or, or the belief for a need for conversations like this to exist was like real incredibly affirming and, and encouraging. But yeah, we knew going into it that we were committed to seven episodes when we actually got into the filming and editing, we realized with one of our guests, we don't want to take any of this away. So we kind of cut him into two episodes and yeah. So, but I think, I think, you know, we knew for sure we wanted to, we wanted to start and end with black women because our whole, the whole um, essence of the show is we really wanted to make sure that, that black women were centered as a part of this. And even though our, we had, you know, different guests, we wanted to make sure we started and ended. And Nicole just felt like a very strong way to kind of start this and to kind of speak to, you know, why we wanted to do this. You know, with her, we were able to really dive into some of the the complicated nature of our education system and just the amount of wealth of information that she brought in was um, just overwhelming. But then, you know, we, we did have an idea of like, we wanted to, it's to sort of build on each other in a way of like, 
you know, I think our education system is one of those systems that's so broken and, and intentionally so. And I think for the most part, we can all agree that we it's not great. And so being able to go from her into Andre and start talking about, you know, how do we build movements? Like, what does it even mean to start to think about changing these things? And um, when we also felt like his talk was just really foundational. And then from there, we you know got into other specific issues, but we really wanted to try to build a foundation for people and that would help things that they could go back to and reference as we kept talking about uh, different topics. We knew for sure we wanted to start and end with it with Black women and for that to be the central voice. And again, we know like, we live in an on-demand culture. People will probably pick and choose which episodes they want to watch. But if for some reason they decide to watch it in order, we hope that there's, you know, they can actually be able to build off of that as well. So, mm-hmm. and I think there's something too with like, um, you know, Nicole Hannah Jones. Her This American Life episode was called "The Problem We All Live With." Her the name of her book is "The Problem We All Live With." I think there's also something that like, no matter where you are in the world, you have an experience with education and with that, like, it's an institution that every single person has a story connected to, no matter wherever they are on the spectrum, if they were homeschooled to public school, to charter school, to private school, like you have a connection and to really start realizing, oh, that connection is racialized and that, you know, and then like, yeah. So I think we wanted like a, not an easy on-ramp, but just something that was like, if you're not already on board with what we're talking about, hopefully this would help bring you on board a little bit more than maybe someone else. Right. Well, I know for me, that was that first issue, that first uh, episode really rang true to me because I our daughters had just finished kindergarten. So we're kind of hmm. in that phase of like, mm-hmm. how are we maneuvering through the school system? And we both yeah. came out of evangelicalism and my wife's family they're all homeschoolers and we knew we didn't want to mm-hmm. do that. And yeah. <laughs> so we've been just mm-hmm. kind of struggling with that. And we live in a, a, a very white area uh, here in California where we're at. And, you know, we're, we're constantly asking ourselves, what does, what is that doing for our daughters as they're growing up and what's it doing for us, you know, let alone, let alone them. So that, that I was hoping just to kind of set aside a day and watch a bunch of your episodes a few mm-hmm. weeks ago as they started coming out. But that one I had to sit with, and I'm still sitting with, and I ha- I was not familiar with with Nicole's work, so uh, just that was a rabbit hole for me, just to kind of see everything that she's been doing, and it was it was a great way to start for me at least. I thought it was yeah. wonderful. But I also want to say too, even as you were talking about your experience um, with your daughter, and I think that is our hope that we want people to go down the rabbit trail, like we want people to ask you know deeper questions because we don't we don't see the show as it's not the end of the conversation. It's just the beginning. And I think for me, like when I hear people say like, Oh yeah, that made me want to go learn more about this or to read this book or to, you know, dive into that. Like, I think we get into these topics and sometimes we get really afraid. Like, well, I, I feel like I shouldn't know this. And none of us come out knowing this. It's just like, you know, you hear something or you you're part of this conversation and then we start learning. And so um, I just get really excited when I you know, hear people like engaging in this learning journey together. And I think that that's something we've just hoped for out of it and that we can just have better conversations together um, because there's no easy answer for anything that we talked about. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. That, you know, uh, we, we didn't expect to come out of anything and say, okay, we have it figured out, but 
I think our biggest thing was that we would come out more committed to trying to figure this out together um, and, and not just jumping off and saying, well, this is too hard. So I don't know what to do about it, but I am going to wrestle with this. I am going to figure it out. And we, none of us get it right all the time, you know, but um, I think if we're all trying for that, I, you know, that's my hope and that we can create better communities and stronger communities because we're committed to committed to the journey together. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Nicole even talked about that. Like, I remember like what, like she modeled that where she was like, I have all this information and I think I know the right thing to do, but like, it, it's really messy and it's really complicated. And where we're at in history has like, we didn't just show up here today and up oh, it's the way it is. Like this has been very intentionally done over hundreds and hundreds of years. Why would we think in like a two year period, <laughs> we're going to like fix it all. I tried to watch a lot of the episodes like in community. And I remember watching one of the episodes and after it was over, a white woman turned to me and she's like, what do we do? And I think there's this like innate sense that we just like want to solve things and we want to fix them. And I think that desire is really good, but I think that usually gets people frustrated and then they just say, well, whatever, I'm just going to go back to living my life, you know, versus saying, no, I'm going to like to what you were saying, she's like, I'm going to stick with this and keep wrestling and, and not just maintaining status quo because I, I can't see my way out or I, or it feels too hard or anything, but just to recognize like, this is hard for everyone, even people that study this all the time. They're still, they're still, you know, going after something better. Like no one's off the hook. That was something really beautiful that I saw modeled that I was really surprised to see that it wasn't like, oh, all you dummies, like I have the answer. (laughs) Like, why don't you just listen to me? It was like, yeah, this is hard. Like this is complicated and this is not even if we know the answers, you also know human nature enough to know that people aren't going to do these things. So then what do you do? Like, um, but that doesn't mean it's not worth sticking with and figuring out how to fight for something better. Hmm. And as you two were talking about that, like I was, I was thinking exactly you, you mentioned Nicola and she was kind of that place where she's like, I, I don't know, I'm just here. And then followed up with, uh, Andre's like, talk about how purposeful and strategic the civil rights movement was. And like, mm-hmm. it, it felt like, like I didn't I don't think I realized at a time until you two were just talking, but it felt like, Oh yeah, you know, you, you were left in that place, but then you were kind of given that next step to, to start thinking mm-hmm. through like, Hey, there is something that can be involved. Uh, there's something that can evolve from this uh, mm-hmm. frustration or sense of helplessness. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was really well, really well done. We just need three and a half percent. That's what I keep telling myself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think about it all the time. Now, when you were kind of getting this going, was there a specific, like, demographic or or, or person that you were hoping to primarily reach with with these conversations? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I feel like we, we, that that was a a topic we talked about a lot. I think one of the things we wanted to make sure was that um, a lot of times in these conversations, the people that get centered are white people. It's like, okay, how do we make help white people kind of come along this journey? And I think often what comes out of that is that we're all having these conversations about race in our own corners, you know? And so we really wanted to make sure that this was something that, 
you know, for us and I, you know, as, as women of color, as Black women, that we could also invite other women of color into this conversation. But, it, you know, I think it was something we, attention we always had to, like, hold was like how you know how can we make this space large enough for all of us without without centering white people who are always centered in these conversations so in a weird way it's kind of like a both in it's like yes we wanted this for you know people of color women of color but we really wanted this to be inclusive and something that could bring a lot of people along um and we felt like the best way to do that was to center you know people of color in that conversation I, I really sensed that tension that you're talking about most with the Brene Brown episode, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just in really trying to hold those two spaces and, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, really, really well done. And I think there were some moments there of just sitting in silence, which was uh, very surprising and moving to me in, in that particular episode, because there's kind of those moments of like, wow, like real time reflection, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we edited yeah. out a lot of – there were definitely longer spaces that just to keep right, things, keep things happy, moving, we right. cut out. But, yeah, it was um, – I think we knew – I mean, I do want to get back to your audience question. But I do think with that episode, we knew that we were – that main question of, like, who is who is your work actually for and is it attainable for all people? That was really the crux of what we wanted to address with her. I mean, that was an episode you talked about, like how comfortable, how comfortable were you through the, or not how comfortable, but maybe whatever question you asked about, like being on camera, that was the one where I was like, I literally wanted to like hide under my covers before I started watching it. Cause I was so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, how do we all, I don't know, come across next to this like Ted talk speaker who like, you know, this is her living. And I feel really, really proud of that episode and proud of the places that we went with her that I don't think she's had an opportunity to talk about anywhere else, at least not for the length of time that we really spent on the topic of can all, can, can everyone live to their fullest self? Like, is that really possible? Because a lot of her work, her primary audience is white women. So that's who she's largely speaking to. And we basically were asking her questions that were saying, that's not who we're talking about. That's not who we're asking about. So it automatically elicits a different response. White people are, we're used to having things for us, you know? And so to have people like have to play catch up and be like, if you don't get that reference, you can look it up or, you know, because other people, other cultures, other people groups have to do that too. And so if you're a little bit uncomfortable or if you don't feel this is like exactly for you, we'll join the rest of the world, you know, like, so I, I, I think that was an intentional thing too, of white people, you are more than welcome, but you are not the first priority here or the only priority here. I mean, I watched with white people. I watched with my white husband who was not, you know, sitting in the chair with me. And I feel like he didn't ever feel like, Oh, this isn't for me, you know, or like, I don't know, like was turned off by it. I think, um, I think we don't give people enough credit sometimes. Um, and they can, if they're interested in this conversation and really are like, are committed to this work, then, then this, the, these are the types of circles they need to be sitting in. I mean, I don't know. How did you feel as a white man? Like, did you feel <laughs> to put you on the spot? I'm just curious, like, I, I, and you can edit this out cause this is your show, but 
No, we 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 do uh, we try to cultivate awkwardness on our show and, and oh, put ourselves in a place to to answer tough questions. Uh, but for me, I think there would have been a place in my life where a lot of a lot of it would have been very difficult. You know, I, I came from conservative evangelicalism, so there was a mm-hmm. you know a, a time in my life where you know I believed and held some pretty atrocious uh, and and ignorant and sometimes you know purposeful, horrible positions in life politically and just, just personally. And, uh, I would say at, at this point, I, it was, uh, a welcome just wave of, of hearing from other perspectives that I didn't have. I literally have a big sheet of like things to follow up on from all the episodes mm-hmm. from this. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been great. Like I, I, I really, I mean, we really, when we interviewed Austin, we really enjoyed, that book and it gave me some, you know, it was kind of in the middle of a journey for me. Well, I guess I'm always in the middle of the journey, but (laughs) it really, you know, it, it just gave me a perspective that I hadn't thought of. And I think that this, this video series, you know, kind of took it to the next level in terms of like, like all the things that you, you were, you know, expressing, you were hoping were coming from this was just almost like I I felt being placed in the middle of a conversation that was Mm, already ongoing but in like the best mm-hmm. way possible because it was it was bringing up so many things that I wanted to ask but that that idea of wanting to interrupt but knowing no no I can wait mm-hmm. till later because if I interrupt then I'm losing this moment I, that's what a lot of yeah. the episodes felt like for me and I thought it was really yeah. uh it was it was really powerful and I thought it was um you know the production was was just clean and straightforward and it helped kind of me zero in on who was talking and uh yeah I thought it was I mean I would so I'm super excited that you all were able to come on on the show and I could hear more about uh, the work that was doing. And I'm really excited for our listeners that haven't had a chance to check it out to, to make sure that they, uh, that they do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great to hear your perspective. So mm-hmm. thank you for saying that. <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything I could do. To, I, I kind of want to see that list. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of books, uh, a lot of like articles, a lot of just like questions like, wait, they said this yeah. as if like it was this obvious thing. And I was like, I didn't know anything about that. And and yeah. I know that my learning curve is is large. I've gone through, you know, I started with my bookshelf and realizing, mm. wow, I have a lot of white straight guys on this bookshelf. Yeah. And then I started purging that. And then I started with mm-hmm. my movie collection. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I have a lot of white guy directors on here. I need to start. So yeah. it's been... <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a process yeah. and continuing to kind yeah. of uh, broaden that perspective. Uh, decolonize yeah. your bookshelf, decolonize your DVD collection. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, you, you talk about like, I, I think, uh, Jenny, you mentioned earlier in the conversations, kind of that elation that happened as you were raising funds. And you're like, wow, this mm-hmm. is like starting to take off. Were there moments that were tough like what were some of the bumps in the road where you weren't sure if this thing was going to come together or you maybe had more doubts at that moment than any other moments hmm. <laughs> i mean i think i think for sure like getting the guests on like we're trying to get all these pieces to fit together and i feel like we weren't always sure um and i don't know that it was like a low moment but i think it was like okay like we realized like the the success of the show kind of really revolved around what type of guests we had and what that's going to look like. So, I mean, I definitely think, you know, when Nicole 
said yes and mm-hmm. we could figure when we landed we actually landed the dates it was like okay that was the first time you could actually like breathe it was really like okay <laughs> but i think even the day of we're like is she gonna show up we have no idea <laughs> you know she can just like you know blow us off um but i think you know as all of that fell into place you know it started to feel like okay this is real and uh but yeah i feel like there was a lot of the beginning when we started working on like how is this actually going to come together it just felt like a lot of moving pieces that were like how is this actually going to work and it did and it you know yeah I'm still blown away by the people that said yes and uh, the fact that we were able to to pull that together in a little ragtag um, with a <laughs> ragtag group of people but um, the highlight of it all and what made it worth it I think it was getting to work with Jenny and Austin I think we had just kind of built this relationship where we're like okay I remember when we launched the Kickstarter we're like look we're jumping off this cliff together um and we don't know what's gonna happen and so we want to be with each other doing this so I, I think that was the underlying thing that no matter this was a success or if it was it just bombed that at least we got to create something together um and we knew at least that was going to be meaningful for all of us. I totally agree. Like, I don't think Chi-Chi, are we optimistic people? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't I'm think not. I, I'm definitely a pessimist. I'm always like, it's not going to work out. Like, this is well, I'm always, I'm always <laughs> more of a realist. Yeah, I'm always coming up with (laughs) contingency plans. Like I was like constantly like, okay, if this, you know, if this happens and this, you know, whatever. And obviously it's easier to say after the fact, (laughs) money and we got all these amazing guests and we didn't look like total morons, like sitting next to them and asking them questions where they weren't like rolling their eyes saying like, Oh, I've asked this, I've asked this question a thousand times and we're like crying. But I will say like every step of the journey, there was just a like, okay, great. Like we did that step, like now onto the next thing. And so I, I do think we kind of took off the project kind of like one step at a time. I do think there was like great intention and thoughtfulness uh, along the way. So like, this isn't a low point, but this was kind of like a fork in the road. Like we had, we had to have a really intentional conversation about um, wanting all of our guests to be open and affirming. Like that was something that we, we wanted to make sure that we were saying there are no limits to this conversation. We're not just talking about justice for one group of people, but not another group of people, because obviously there's like overlap and intersections and, you know, all these different things. So um, there are no limits to our conversation on justice. And we wanted that to be really clear. So we had to, yeah, we had to have really like intentional conversations, but it, it really did feel like a team and it didn't feel like Austin was like calling the shots and me and Chi Chi were just, you know, following along from what she said. Like we all, sometimes I felt like me and Chi Chi spoke into things more than Austin even did. Like, I mean, Austin's a nine on the Enneagram. I'm a one. Chi Chi's a three. So like Chi Chi and I, like we have lots of opinions and Austin's really, yeah, we, we might have a few ideas. Um, but Austin, like, really in her, like, beautiful ability to, like, have her vision and hold tightly to that, but also have it really loose so that other people can join her. There was just a really, I don't know, just a really beautiful partnership. So, yes, there were, like, things to figure out along the way. But I think at the end of the day, we were really clear on who this was for and how we wanted to feel through the process, the final product, all that stuff which is really rare. I think we're, we're aware of how rare that is. 
I don't want to say we fell, fell into, I think we built this. So it felt like the next thing for the three of us. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. And I hope that doesn't sound too, like, I don't know what I don't want it to sound like. Oh, it was so easy. Cause it was a lot no, of work. It was, yeah, it was so it was. much work, but I don't know. Austin kept saying like, we're just trying to create space for magic. And it did. It felt like there was just some magic in how, how we all connected and then how our guests showed up and knocked our freaking socks off with their belief in the project, their excitement for it, their just brilliance that we got to sit and witness. And I mean, I think we all have like homework to do as a result. Right. Well, and yeah, unfortunately, you know, effortlessness and magic and hard work can exist in the same space. So yeah. that's uh, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. good. That's good that that it kind of all came together. I mean, that makes the that makes the hard work worth it. I'm sure just mm-hmm. to know that while well, there's something bigger happening that's beyond my control or what I can yeah. put into this. Uh, wow, that's really that's great. Um, is is there anything in the process that that surprised you? Like certain expectations that were kind of overturned as you went through the process. Um, I had never really been through like the back end of the stuff, like, you know, making sure like the final product was something we wanted to put out there. And the editing part of that is hard and going back and forth and deciding what you're going to keep and what you're not going to keep. But I think I was just really surprised at how attached I was by the time we were like released it. And I was like, okay. And, and just how much, you know, I, not, nothing can be perfect, but you know, just how much I really cared about making sure that the essence of what we were trying to talk about came through to people. Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't have any kids and I kept saying this and Austin and Jenny did. So I was like, I'm so sorry. I know this is nothing like it, but it felt like, you know, the closest thing I'll ever probably experience to having a kid is like, you know, putting that out there and going through that whole process, uh, which I know completely. It is not like that, but um, <laughs> it's probably the closest thing I'll come to. But, you know, just getting to the point where you're really like proud of that and, you know, piecing together that conversation and, you know, putting that out in the world. And so I didn't think I would enjoy that part as much, but I, it was hard, but I also enjoyed it as, you know, like being able to put out that final product. <laughs> I think it felt like birth. Like I, as someone who's given birth twice, twice, like I, I like the first, so you can Sunday, say that I can, I, no, but I'm going to come alongside you, Chi Chi and say, yes, it was like giving birth. I mean, I, I, the Sunday night when our first episode released, I sat on my couch afterwards and I was like, I just felt like exhausted. This thing that we put out that had been so private or personal or something was now like for the world to see. And it was out of my control of what people were going to think of it. And there's no such thing as perfect, but I wanted it to feel as close to that as possible. What surprised me most in the process was how much I actually enjoyed the final product. How amazing I think our contributors, the content that they created and provided, like I just sat every Sunday night and watched and learned again and learned more and enjoyed it. So like, I know a lot of people that create things and then they don't even watch it. Cause it's like, great, great. Like that part's over to feel like a creator and a consumer of the product that to put it in like, I don't know, really simplistic terms, mm-hmm. but that it felt like, Oh, this was created by me and it's for me. That's really amazing. And I'm getting so much out of it and I'm excited to share it with people. I I just feel really proud of all aspects of it. I just feel really proud. 
So I am surprised at that. I'm surprised that I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this isn't up to my standards. Nobody watch. Hmm. And and how has the the response been now that you're kind of on the other side of it? Did you did, was there a primary way that people were communicating you to let you know? Were you were you happy? Did you have any expectations in terms of like viewership and 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 all that as well? I know we're um, supposed to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, Smart marketing yeah, right. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, the response is, I guess, been really positive you know we've had a lot of people like especially like on twitter um and even yeah i think on instagram those have been the main places where we've been really talking about it but um i think you know for me it's i like those are great like the people i don't know like who share stuff but you know like my friends and family who've like watched it and i especially the people that I know that they, they won't lie to me and they think something's terrible. <laughs> so, and hearing their response and like, you know, people really enjoying that, but you know, it's like what I said earlier, I think, you know, when people say, you know, this made me want to learn more or I felt seen in this, like, you know, when there are black women that say I felt seen in this moment, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Like it could just be like one person and I feel like really confident and I, I like viewership. I don't remember. Did we have like specific goals? I think I don't really remember. But the thing I think what what's been interesting is that you know it keeps changing because we live in such an on demand world. So you know we release this and you have these first numbers, and then you go back and it's like oh well you know three weeks later people we had a big bump in like episode one because you know somebody watched this one. So I think that part was just a lot. I was thinking more linear and it's been more, it's more of like a squiggly line of like how, you know, the numbers kind of jump up and down because, you know, people are, yeah, they watch it when they watch it or when they hear about it. And I think even today, more people are finding out about it and watching it. So, which is, which is cool. It has like this life of its own right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I definitely love hearing the, I have so many like, items on you know to check out at the library or books to buy or articles to read i also really like hearing from people that are really overwhelmed <laughs> like and overwhelmed in like a good way overwhelmed in a oh like you've taken do i like start with like a mass incarceration do i start with like over you know that kind of feel like we've really taken people on a journey of we're not just talking about one area of like racial injustice. I feel like so often in these conversations, you only live in the like, Oh, it's like hard and pain and what's not working. And I don't feel like we often get to hear about people that are dreaming about like a different reality and a different future. There's a lot of people that are like, I didn't even know we could be dreaming about something different. I just thought we had to fix these problems and make them go away And so in a weird way, it's like they're overwhelmed, but they're also really energized because it is giving them like space to dream and imagine and not just staying in the like, ah, everything's awful because it is, it's like, it is awful, but like, let's dream about a different way and let's do it together. And let's do it with really brilliant people who are probably further ahead on their journey about how to make this world a better place than we are. So I think in the past, I've been frustrated when people are like, oh, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. And now when people are saying it in context to the show, it feels like that's not 
it doesn't feel like an ending point for them. It does feel like a beginning, like we've been talking about. We're not here to provide all the answers. We're here to like, let's ask different types of questions. And I just think there's something, I don't know, very like current about that. Like, I think there are a lot of questions that people are, are asking right now and they're not looking for the same old answers. So. Right. Yeah. So you sort of hinted at it and I'm sure that you're just taking your deep breath now that the first season is over, but uh, <laughs> it is, is season two at this point a maybe, or are you, you not allowed to talk about that? Or <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, we definitely want to do season two. I think we can say that. I think we're trying to figure out all the, just everything about that. So we're, we're going to spend some time kind of dreaming and thinking and figuring out what that would look like. I think there's still some resources I think we'd want to create around season one too, you know, and, and helping people go deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we have some space to breathe a little bit, um, I think we'll, you know, start to kind of think through that. But um, we feel really excited about what we've done and we want to see like, okay, what does it look like to keep, mm-hmm. to be creating that? And um, yeah, so... Mm. But I think that's about all we have. <laughs> there's yeah, no, there's no season two coy. for your <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think maybe this kind of goes back to like the learnings, but we, we wrapped our final episode September 5th and we released our first episode October 6th. So that wow. was like, and then we were releasing them every single week. So our post-production timeline was like very, very quick turnaround. And so all of our energy almost all of our energy was going into making sure that this content that we are sharing is great as like, that was where all of our energy was going. And I do think in hindsight, we're realizing like, yeah, like people are going to, hopefully this keeps spreading, hopefully word of mouth, hopefully people keep posting about it and sharing about it and finding it through different, you know, avenues. But yeah, I think that's, I think in 2020, we're dreaming about how do we how do we cultivate more of like a community around season one and what are other resources that we could be providing? How are, how are we kind of more present and coming alongside people in their journey, not just getting episodes released, but yeah, we definitely like we'll text or email each other and be like, what if this person was on season two? Oh my gosh. Like, so we're definitely dreaming about that as well, but it is like after you've had your first kid, right? And people immediately are like, so when's your second? And we're like, right. wait, we just we just finished this yesterday. <laughs> like, can we like live in this? And I'm not pointing that at you, obviously, but just we really want to kind of get as much out of season one as we possibly can because there are a lot of people that maybe showed up and were like, I'm drinking from the fire hose. Like, could you help me with a little bit more of an on-ramp? And then there's other people that are like, okay, I'm fired up. What do I do? And so we want to, we want to help. We want to come alongside people in their journey um, right. as well. But hopefully season two, 2020, <laughs> we would love to be able to officially announce that. But. That'd be fantastic. Now, is there any guests that you were hoping to get for season one that just didn't work out or, uh, and then maybe for season two, or you just, it just wasn't in the cards at this point. We really were hoping Michelle Alexander was one um, who wrote the new, new Jim mm-hmm. Crow. That was one. She was at the top of our list. And then Roxanne Gay. Roxanne Gay, Gay. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were two other women that we were really hopeful. But I actually, like, I love our 
first season lineup. Like I, I look back and I'm like, there were no mistakes. Like that felt like the right people at the right time. And, but Roxanne, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um. That'd be awesome for us to know that she was uh, in her audience. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. Everyone would be very thrilled with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are more. I'm, but I think those were, those were the three that we were like, I mean, right. Can you think of someone Chi Chi? No, not really. I mean, for the most part, I feel like we really were able to get people that we, we wanted. None of the people that we got were like second, third choices. You know, we were just, you know, I think it was more of a, a lot of it was like a timing thing, but yeah, I, I feel like the people that we wanted, we, we got most of the people. So. And I think we were also not just interested in names. We really wanted to go through the scope of like, what is your area that you focus on? Because mm-hmm. we can't all do everything, you know? And so let's learn from people that have, yeah, that are focused on building movements or activism or abolishing prison or education or, you know, or like self-care and uh, representation in different medias. So we were really intentional with, we knew we needed to hit some of kind of those types of categories and then it became who is doing that work? Who would we like to have a conversation with? I think we also really wanted to not just have it be all like names you've heard of. Like we wanted to hopefully have this be a platform that could help. Maybe you haven't heard of this person before, and but they talk about this and now you like love them because they're brilliant and awesome human beings. And now you're going to follow their work and support their work as well. So yeah, don't hear me say like Roxanne Gay and think we're all only about the big names. Like we want, <laughs> um, we love the big names, but we also really want the people that you've never heard of that we might be newly following and learning from as well. Well, thank you so much uh, for doing this and taking the, the time to, to talk to us. Uh, is there anything we could, uh, aside from, you know, where we can find uh, the show, what about your individual work? Is there anything we can direct our listeners towards to, to let them know how they can follow you individually? Yeah, I mean, we're on, well, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, if you want to follow along. Um, Jenny, you have a blog. Do you want to pitch that? Yeah, I have a blog. I'm like dipping my toe into also writing a book. So I'm working on a book proposal right now, but I'm way behind on that. This has been (laughs) all my extra energy. The timing of uh, the next question and the book kind of came at the same time. And so I was like, oh, I need to put my energy into TNQ stuff. But now I'm back at writing. So it's going to be a book of essays along my own like racial justice journey. So hopefully I have no idea how this process, I've just been told it's a long process. So I'm in the very early stages of that. But yeah, but I blog at jennyboothpotter.com if anyone wants to go and, and read along. All right. Sounds good. Well, we'll put, we'll put links to all that in our show notes, as well as uh, the next question, which is at tnqshow.com. And uh, there's an email list on that. So you can keep informed of stuff that's happening in regard to the show. 
mm-hmm. I encourage every single one of our listeners, you, you, you need to check the show out. Uh, mm. you just have to do it. Uh, take it, <laughs> take it one at a time. Cause there's a lot there. Bring a notepad. <laughs> however, it's available. I, I looked it up. It looks like it's available on Vimeo, uh, YouTube. You can subscribe on a yeah. channel for YouTube yeah. as well. Um, mm-hmm. and then directly from the site itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Well, thank you two so much, uh, for coming on and, uh, we would love to have you on anytime and hopefully, uh, our listeners will, will, will find the show and find your work as they continue to go forward. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. It's been great. 